Hi, it's The Wire, July 22nd, 2023. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Let me update my view on the Crawford-Spence fight. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, there is a great article today. It's a great article. It's on BoxingScene.com. They interviewed Derek James. Understand, Derek James is one of the sport's best trainers. Understand, too, that Derek James is a bit unusual. Because if you look at his fighters, they actually fight different styles. In other words, Jamel Charlo is very different. A lot of, you know, bursts of activity. Then he steps outside. He's very different in my mind than Errol Spence. Also, you notice, too, that the water is deep. When Errol Spence fought Mikey Garcia, Spence showed us a back foot that he normally doesn't show. And it was a developed back foot. It's clear that Spence, who was an amateur champ and who was highly regarded as an amateur, it's clear that Errol Spence has kept his back foot sharp in the gym. Right? So the question here, because to me, this match is a match that Terrence Crawford has known that he wins, likely by stoppage in my eyes, for years. In other words, I believe Crawford sees what I see. And, full disclosure, I was on the wrong side of the Mikey Garcia-Errol Spence fight. Right? I thought Mikey was going to win that fight. In other words, the flaws I see in Spence, I've seen for years. Right? That's not to say that Spence, who's unbeaten, isn't one of the best in boxing. But just like you look at some lions out there, right, Perturbiev, uh, Canelo, and you think to yourself, wow, you know, a good jab might be able to slow down Perturbiev. Lateral movement might be able to slow down Canelo, right? The same way you look at other great fighters and you think, well, this is what I think beats them, Tyson Fury. I would argue that it's more coordinated, smaller guys who give him problems, right? So Cunningham knocks him down, former cruiser champ. You now have another cruiser champ, and you're getting every excuse imaginable from the Fury camp as to why Fury can't fight him, right? Well, Errol Spence... I believe he has two zones, right? He has the back foot I'm talking about. Then he has a front foot where he's one of boxing's few effective short-range hookers. He can smother you. He can drape himself on you. He wants to back you up. He wants to hammer a smaller guy up against the ropes, Right? He's the guy who's been the oversized welterweight for years, hasn't he? 
Go back several years and look at his weight history. Understand, Errol Spence has been a welterweight for a long time. You have many in the sport. Let's name three great fighters, right? In fact, let's name four. Floyd Mayweather starts at a lighter weight as he grows up, right? As he ages, as his body adjusts, he moves up in weight. Manny Pacquiao starts at the lighter weights. As he grows up, as he ages, he moves up in weight. Naoa Inoue, who's about to fight Fulton, starts out at lighter weights. As he grows up, as his body gains weight, he moves up in weight. I'll name a fourth. Terrence Crawford starts at the lighter weights. As he grows up, his body gains weight. He moves up in weight. That's why a lot of these guys who have belts in different divisions did so out of necessity because they're no longer 21 years old. Because as they got older, they moved up in weights. Usyk, cruiser for a long time, moved up in weight. Have you noticed that Usyk at heavy isn't coming in, weighing around 200 pounds? This isn't the cruiserweight champ who decides, okay, what the heck? Let me add the heavyweight title. No, this is a guy who gained weight. Making Cruiser became a chore. So now Usyk, who's just a little bit older, <clears throat> just a little bit older than Spence, Usyk, who's around Crawford's age, let's face it, the Spence-Crawford or Crawford-Spence fight, however you refer to it, is a fight of two seniors at 147. Right? Understand, these are two older men. I believe Errol Spence, one gear is back foot, the other gear is to say, I'm bigger than you. It's to come into the pocket and it's to destroy smaller guys, right? Leaning on them, pushing them, throwing hooks that he could do from short range, right? That's who Errol Spence is, in my opinion, in this upcoming fight. Throw out the back foot. Throw it out. Because Terrence Crawford is not Mikey Garcia. Right? Crawford's ambidextrous. Crawford is an angles guy. Take a look at the Crawford against Victor Postal film. Take a look at Crawford against Amir Khan. You're going to notice Crawford's outside. He's coming in at odd angles and stuff like that. You can't keep an ambidextrous guy who is mindful of angles, who's cerebral like Crawford, outside with a jab. Let's face it, too. Even though he's adept on his back foot, Errol Spence... That's his plan B. Errol Spence is really a front foot fighter. That's the reality. 
So let's talk about who would give Crawford problems. It's not the big bully who's trying to bully him in the pocket. It's not the big bully who's predictably coming forward, might have lateral movement in the pocket, but who's coming forward and trying to get close to him and bully him over by the ropes, like Spence did in dealing with Chris Algieri. That's an important fight because Algieri has legs. Algieri has lateral movement. Spence in that fight is just pursuing him. Right? Spence is like the security dog running after you after you've hopped the fence and you're trying to rob the building. Suddenly, here's the security dog. He runs over to you. You have nowhere to go. Now, in the boxing scene interview, Derek James talks about this as a, my words, not his, fight of attrition. He wants Errol to be the best version of himself. In other words, don't expect anything new. Now, let's add a disclaimer here. We understand that boxing has strategy. We understand that guys will say things. Guys' trainers will say things in pre-fight that's really designed to mislead and confuse an opposition. Right? People typically don't hand you their playbook and say, hey, player, here's the strategy we're going to use against you. That's not the way it goes. People always are trying to hide their hands, hide the ball, hide their cards. Right? But with Errol Spence, Apart from the Mikey Garcia fight, I don't believe you can do that. Right, folks, this is a positioning fight. Read the Derek James interview. What they're telling you is Spence is going to try to come forward like he did against Ugas. Now, I'm just telling you, now this is boxing. I'm just telling you that I have seen several, several guys who look smaller, several, who have created the illusion that they're defenseless. I've seen several bigger men come forward thinking, okay, a good big man beats a good little man. Let me just be the big man in this fight and bully this little man around. Wasn't that Diego Corrales against Floyd Mayweather? Wasn't that countless guys against Manny Pacquiao? Let's focus on Oscar De La Hoya. Bigger man, bigger man than Floyd, bigger man than Manny. How did that work out for him in either fight against these guys? When are we going to realize that boxing has a type? The smaller man who you look on film and you think, I'm a bigger man. We know that there is a weight class illusion going on. That some of these bigger men are only 
in the weight class on the day of the weigh-in. Right? We understand that some of these guys are really guys who walk around one or two weight classes higher. And, of course, you see a smaller man who is legitimately in the weight class. You remember Manny Pacquiao sometimes would come in a couple of pounds below the weight limit. Right, you have some of these guys where you look at them and you're saying, come on, this guy's really a welterweight and he's fighting a junior middle here. Isn't the big man just going to pile drive the smaller man? Well, let's throw out a concept here that people need to think about. It should be obvious as the fight progresses. Isn't this a where are they in the ring fight? If you believe Errol Spence is just too big, right? If you believe that Spence is going to be able to bully Terrence Crawford over by the ropes, then you're expecting Crawford to be on the side of the ring and you're expecting Errol Spence to be right in front of him, pummeling him, right? The key area is going to be the space behind Crawford, right? If you believe that Spence is just too big, too strong, that the best version of Errol Spence is the front foot version, and that he's going to chop, 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 I believe are Derek James's words, Terrence Crawford down, and he's going to get Crawford over by the side of the ring, then all you'll have to do is look at where they are in the ring. If Crawford is back up against the ropes, it's a wrap. Right? If Crawford can't move, it's a wrap. Right now, let me be diplomatic. Let me tell you the fight I'm expecting because it'll shock some people. I don't think Errol Spence will be able to back up Terrence Crawford. First, let me point out something here. I can name you Errol Spence's two zones. He's not a mid-range hooker. He's not a guy who circles you in the middle of the ring. No, he's either outside or he is inside. I can't do that with Terrence Crawford. I've watched several Terrence Crawford fights like everyone here. I can't do that. Crawford's like Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in their heyday. You, you don't really know what Crawford's going to do. I can tell you the style that I think beats Crawford. I saw a fighter knock down Crawford. The ref missed it. Doesn't mean we as fans missed it. It was this fight against Mean Machine. Right? Understand, though. Mean Machine has bigger power. I know it's controversial. I don't care. I'm only betting my money, right? Um, mean Machine has a bigger one-off punch than Errol Spence. Right? Don't get me wrong. Errol Spence stops guys. Errol Spence can knock you out. But Mean Machine's power is the kind of power where 
he hits you with one solid punch and you might hit the canvas as Virgil Ortiz did, as Terrence Crawford did. Right now to put Crawford in a position where you can land a big shot on him, you have to be all defensed up like Mean Machine. You can't be opening up. I know it's counterintuitive, but folks need to understand that Crawford is gifted. When you open up on a counterpuncher and you don't do so right up on him, which is what Spence did against the gifted counterpuncher in Ugas, right? If Spence isn't able to get completely on Crawford like a blanket, which is what he did to Ugas, if Spence is an arm's length away from Terrence Crawford and opens up, Spence is going to get stopped. Understand the dilemma Spence has. If Spence tries to walk up to Crawford, I believe that's like walking up to prime Mike Tyson. Folks, Crawford's a closer. Going back several years. He's a closer, right? The last thing I want to do against a gifted counterpuncher who's a closer is to try to fight the kind of fight that Spence usually fights. The styles don't match here, right? I'm not talking about Spence getting beaten. I'm talking about Spence getting stopped. In other words, beaten and stopped, right? So... What Mean Machine did is Mean Machine is away from him. Mean Machine can actually fight at mid-range. Mean Machine's away from Crawford, and he's not throwing that many punches. Right? Because Mean Machine trusts his power. He's going for a knockout. He's not throwing that many punches. The way to stop a counterpuncher like Crawford is to reduce volume, eliminate the counterpunching opportunities. But you better be damn sure that if you're doing that, you have the punch where when there's an opening, you can drop Crawford. That's what you need if you aren't blessed with Yorkie's Gamboa hand speed. Let's face it, that Gamboa fight was closer then we want to believe Gamboa against Crawford. But neither guy in this fight has that level of hand speed. So given the reality of this fight, where Spence doesn't have high-end hand speed, nor does Crawford, right? Their talents lie elsewhere. And given the reality that Spence can't open up at mid-range, and that if Spence tries to fight Crawford at short range, Crawford has the kind of skills that Ezra Charles had against Rocky Marciano way back in the day where he fights one of the premier knockout punchers in heavyweight history and is rarely up against the ropes. Rarely. In that entire fight. Right? I believe Crawford's going to come out 
a key part of this fight, believe it or not, is going to be right after the bell rings for every round. Crawford's a smart dude. Crawford's going to come out. He's going to make sure he's not lounging around the ropes. This is the opposite of the rumble in the jungle, where Ali is up on the ropes trying to rope-a-dope George Foreman. No, this is the opposite, folks. The knockout puncher is Crawford, not Spence. Understand, Crawford is going to want to be off the ropes, not on the ropes. Crawford's game is not even to tire Spence out. Crawford's going to be off the ropes. He's going to be toward the middle of the ring. Crawford is aware of the fact that Ugas needed more space to throw his punches and that Spence was able to get all the way in and to drape himself on Ugas. So Crawford is going to be throwing a jab. Crawford is going to make as Teddy Atlas likes to say, Spence pay for the real estate. If Errol Spence wants to come inside, Errol Spence is going to have to earn the privilege. Also, let's talk about height. Folks, this isn't basketball. This is boxing. If you're a taller man and you're up against a guy who's a wicked body puncher, understand, even when Crawford gets you hurt, even when he hits you up top and you're dazed and confused and you're backing away and Crawford comes forward, right? The Avenesian fight. You'll notice that Crawford insists on throwing body punches as part of his attack. Right? Taller men in boxing, they have more body to hit. If Crawford comes out, and I'm telling you, Crawford, like Mayweather, thinks about angles, right? If Crawford comes out and he's low, Spence is going to have a hard time, isn't he? Because Spence is not a guy who is expecting you to try to get inside on him, right? If Crawford's low and Crawford starts going to the body and Crawford makes Spence understand, look, player... I'm prepared to fight you in the middle of the ring. And if Spence can't get inside, Spence won't be able to fight his game. Right, so that's the fight I see. I actually think Crawford wins this by stoppage. Let's also talk about something no one's talking about. You know, Spence, the eye problem, that's a major eye problem, right? We can sit here and say, oh, well, it's repaired. That's not the way life works. Detached retina, that's major. Now, a fighter who's 33 is like a cop who's just a few months away from earning their pension. That fighter at 147, not heavyweight, but at 147, you're 33 years old. You're thinking, man, the sport's been good to me. I have money in the bank. I want to enjoy my wife and kids, and I want to be the guy at the grill. 
for family barbecues, right? You know, I want to, you know, do things. Um, I've already done the sports car at high speed thing. Now I want to do other things, the family car and stuff like that, where I can actually eat dessert along with everyone else. I'm not worried about, you know, weight and making weight and some tough guy and stuff like that. That's what's going on in both of their minds. Now, if you're Errol Spence and you've just had eye surgery on that eye, and I'm telling you, there's a moment in the Ugas fight where Spence is in the pocket. Spence is home. He's feasting in the pocket. Right? When Spence is in the pocket and he's feasting, what could possibly get him to stop boxing? I know there's a story out there about some mouthpiece. I don't buy it. That sounds like public relations. Looks to me like Spence gets hit in the eye, the bad eye the surgically repaired eye, and stops fighting. Ugas then steps on the gas, hits Spence, Spence pirouettes, and stumbles over to the ropes. Literally, he goes half the length of the ring over to the ropes. Right, Spence's eye is not 100%, folks. It's just not. It's repaired who knows what the level of vision is in the eye, right? This is boxing. Harry Greb fought blind in one eye. We found out when he had surgery, that was unsuccessful, right? Where they found out that he was blind in one eye. Joe Fraser admitted before he died that he was blind in one eye for some of the biggest fights the sport had in the 1970s, right? This is boxing. If boxers can get away with detached retinas, they're going to try. Larry Holmes, I have a video in my favorites folder. I keep telling people Larry Holmes is one of the best fighters I've seen. Larry Holmes was asked in an interview, um, they had... Burt Sugar there, they had, um, I believe, Lou Duva, Teddy Atlas, some long-time boxing people, right? And he was asked about his fight against, I think it was Evander Holifield, when he came back, right? This is after being out of the ring for two years, returning, losing to Mike Tyson. Understand, Holmes then goes on what he describes as the most satisfying series of fights in his career. Why? Because, as he put it, Don King was no longer in his pocket. In other words, Larry got paid well for that comeback. Well, understand, they asked him about Evander Holifield. And Larry, who is one of boxing's best interviews, openly admits that it's his belief he would have easily beaten Evander Holifield in his prime. He didn't think Holifield was that special. So they asked him, well, why did you lose that fight? And Larry said, well, you know, I had an attached retina. <laughs> right? That's what Larry said. Larry actually admits that he had eye problems. He had a bad eye. Right? Well, just understand, that's where Spence is. 
Now, both of these men fought Cal Brook. Cal Brook has two healthy eyes going into his fight against Errol Spence. Now, the early rounds of that fight are very important because I thought Cal Brook was faster than Spence, looked better than Spence. Spence was also fighting that fight in Cal Brook's backyard. But Cal Brook slowed down a little bit. Cal Brook couldn't really keep Spence off of him. Now understand, that might be a weakness in Brook's game because you might recall it was against Cal Brook that Golovkin runs across the ring to pin Brook up against the ropes. Well, Errol Spence goes to work on Cal Brook and Cal Brook had eye problems in that fight. Well, Crawford fights uh, fights Brook later and Crawford targets the eye. And you could tell Crawford was a sharpshooter about it. He knew exactly how to target Kell Brook's eye. He knew exactly how to do it. So in my favorites folder is an interview. It involves Dillian White's current trainer, Buddy McGirt. Right? Buddy, New Yorker, just throwing it out there, actually not far from where I was raised, but that's another story. Buddy McGirt has a theory. He says, if you see Terrence Crawford stay left-handed for three rounds in a row, he has figured you out. Right? I believe Crawford's going to come out in this fight. He's going to prioritize positioning in the ring. He's not going to be over by the side of the ropes. Spence won't be able to close the distance against him like he did against Chris Algieri, like he did against Ugas, like he did against Kell Brook. You're going to find that because of Crawford's understanding of lateral movement and using a jab and going up and down, you know, Crawford can stand straight, Crawford can get low. You're going to find that it looks like Errol Spence can't get inside. Then Crawford is going to confirm his theory of the fight. In other words, I'm sure Crawford can visualize the fight and has an idea of what he wants to do. That's what great fighters do. Then Crawford's going to go to work in such a way that Spence is going to understand. When I open up, this guy counters. Not only that, this guy can pinpoint the counter. So Spence is going to realize, hey, if I open up, this guy can hit me in the eye. He'll figure that out the hard way because that's what Crawford is going to do. Right? I would not be surprised if Spence gets stopped in the middle of the ring or if Spence doesn't make it out for a round. Isn't that the way the Ali Liston fight ended? Isn't that the way the Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya fight ended? Right? I think Spence is a proud guy. I think Spence understood that the only way he would be viewed as the best of his era is if he fought Terrence Crawford. This has a certain Ali Fraser type feel to it. 
So I believe Errol Spence, post-eye injury, knowing that he can't make weight at 147, understand, I understand the rematch, calls for the rematch to be at 154, right? I believe Errol Spence decided, okay, this is the moment in my career where I'm going to reach for the stars, where I'm going to try to, as I leave 147, I believe the suspense is last fight at 147, as I leave 147, this is my line in the sand. The problem is he won't be able to fight his fight because he won't be able to get Crawford up against the ropes because Crawford's going to look like Ezra Charles against Rocky Marciano. Marciano wins the first fight by decision, should have lost his title in the rematch as Charles opens up his nose. The ref decides to give Marciano one more round. And Marciano, to his credit, closed the show in that round. That's how the Ezra Charles-Marciano duo ended. Right here, what I believe is going to happen is Spence is going to come out and he's going to look off. Right? That's what happens when fighters can't pursue their plan A. He'll try to bully Crawford over to the ropes. Crawford's going to hit him with a jab. Crawford's going to be riddling his body. Crawford might be right-handed, figuring out the lay of the land. Right? Crawford's going to be moving. At some point, Crawford's going to realize that this is an easier fight. Then his fight against Mean Machine, one of the sport's more underrated fighters. A guy who beat Avenesian before Crawford did, by the way. Right then, Crawford's going to take over as he did against Mean Machine. Because the secret to Crawford is that once Crawford solves the puzzle, it's unlikely that you're going to make it to round 10. Right now, Sean Porter fought both men. Right, you notice the Sean Porter Errol Spence fight was a free wielding shootout. Right, both guys throwing big shots, a lot of activity. You notice his fight against Crawford was different. The fighters are disciplined, there was a lot of restraint in that fight. The reason there's a lot of restraint is because Crawford is two-handed, Crawford keeps you guessing, and fighters realize, hey, I don't want to pay the price. Let me point out, you notice the Floyd Mayweather fights, especially his fight against Manny Pacquiao, and you notice how Manny Pacquiao was restrained in that fight. You're restrained when you understand you're facing one of the best left hooks in the sport, right? You're understanding that left hook is taking certain things away. I'm expecting things to get taken away from Errol Spence. So Derek James wants Errol Spence to engage in a war of attrition. I'm not expecting a war of attrition. I'm expecting a fight where Errol Spence finds that he can't pin Crawford up against the ropes. He can't even get Crawford up against the ropes. Right, I'm expecting Crawford to be circling, trying different punches and stuff like that. In essence, I'm expecting the Crawford-Amir Khan fight. Right, where 
Crawford is, you know, crafty. You never see Khan able to get into the fast lane, even though Khan had some of the fastest hands in the sport. Khan never gets on track. Then, of course, Crawford figures out how to come in and land pretty big shots, and the other fighter's thinking, okay, I need a way out. That's the fight I'm expecting. I'll leave a link for the boxing scene interview of Derek James, Spence's trainer, in the comment section of this YouTube video. I'm expecting Crawford by stoppage. Just understand, I'm going to play other things too. Right, but I do like the fight doesn't go the distance prop here. Because if you believe Spence is too big for Crawford, then you'll believe that Spence stops Crawford. I believe Crawford ultimately stops Spence. Let me say this too. Spence, a short-range hooker, fought Danny Garcia, a mid-range hooker fascinating fight. I encourage people to look at it, right? Both of those guys are elite fighters to me. You know, if you look at the CompuBox numbers, that's a competitive fight. Just understand that Danny goes the distance with Errol Spence, right? Spence throws more jabs than Danny. But Danny matches him in power shots, right? When Spence is fighting guys who understand spacing, right, and who have their own offensive games and some lateral movement, Spence doesn't get the stoppage, does he? Right? Sean Porter goes the distance with Errol Spence, doesn't he? Who in the last five years has gone the distance with Terrence Crawford? That's the fight I'm expecting. Let me know the fight you're expecting. I hope you do so in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.